Hear that? That's the sound of a cool, delicious McCafe iced coffee. Ah, loaded with robust flavor and aroma. And this, that's the sound of McDonald's new Southern style sweet tea. Ah, sweetened to perfection. Now you can get either drink, any size, for only $1.49 each. Now that's refreshing. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. McDonald's. I'm loving it. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. It's a Tuesday. We're always joined by Jigsaw. Tony Cotillo. T. Cotillo 23 is where you can find them. Win daily sports for fantasy. The boy works hard on the weekends. Uh, make sure you check out his live streams, heat ratio sports. He does it all. Jigsaw, uh, Baja Fresh. Have you ever eaten at a Baja Fresh? No, man. I, don't even, I honestly don't even know what you're talking about. Baja Fresh. Damn, dude. I, I, I must be not. I mean, I, listen, I got down with the Monte Carlo talk earlier, but <laughs> I don't know nothing about Baja Fresh. Yeah, Baja Fresh. Okay, so there is one. I pulled up the iPhone. Uh, it's it, it's Mexican cuisine. Is that it? Yeah, that's it right there. Uh, looks like, where the hell is this one at? This one is uh, the, uh, let's see here. This was in Trevos. 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 That's by me. How about it? Go. Hey, if you're hungry, send the boys down to buy you out fresh. Uh, I, I mean, I do look, kind of look like Tony Soprano. There so you go. Must be a good spot <laughs> to eat. You know what I mean? Buy you out fresh Mexican grill. All right. Yeah. Okay. Well. Anyways. Uh, uh, they, from 1990, farm fresh ingredients since 1990. I guess it was big in the South. I don't know where the hell I used to see them all the time, but I did. What's up with you in the 90s? Today? You're all about the 90s. Yeah, now. man, I'm always I about the 90s. It a little bit. Yeah, I'm always about the 90s. You know that. Uh, Warren Moon talking about that run and shoot. Uh, man, Haywood Jeffries, Haywood Ernest Givens. Ernest Givens, oh, right? Yeah. Oh, Lorenzo yeah. White. Let's go. That was a great uniform, man. Whatever. Why? Why would oh. they get rid of that uniform? That was that was my favorite color, you know, because that was to me that was North Carolina blue. I was, you know, I know it was powder blue, mm-hmm. but that whole powder blue, North Carolina blue connection was was, was spot on. Well, it's, it's funny because you would think that like a lot of teams go back, like for instance, the the Hurricanes, the Carolina Hurricanes, just brought on and did some stuff with the Hartford Whalers, uh, that was formerly their team. So you would think that because of how dope that logo is the Houston uh, Oilers logo is that the Tennessee Titans would would do something like that right but that's not yeah, the case that's, that's true hmm. they do have I somewhat of the they, right. they do have somewhat of the similar colors in some yeah, jerseys yeah but still that that that, that oil tower oh, on man. the side of the helmet there's nothing like it yeah what you telling me they don't have oil in Tennessee come on yeah. come on you hungry, teeth? Let me send the boys down to Baja Fresh, all right? All right. Let's not waste any time. I got so many things to talk to you about, Jigsaw. First of all, uh, let's open up with the Sixers here because that's the big issue. That's the big game here on the docket. Let's go. Game two tonight. Uh, you know, look, I think we're all on the same page of what we saw in game one. Maybe, maybe not. You'll tell us. But uh, for the most part, turnovers, and you better defend a three better. And on top of it, if you can slow down Trey Young, that's all going to help you come out on top in tonight's game two. Are you worried at all in tonight's game two? Let's start there. Uh, I'm worried a little bit in general still feel as though they win in six. I don't think there's a doubt in my mind. And I'll tell you why that, that is the case. Look at the game last night with Milwaukee and Brooklyn. And Brooklyn just completely blew the doors off of the Bucks. At least in game one with the Sixers and the Hawks, they came back and made it a game. 
right? They didn't lie down and just say, we're done, we completely quit. That Bucks team quit. They were done, absolutely done. That, that Bucks team is absolutely done. If I was a Bucks fan, I would be deeply concerned. Mm-hmm. But for the Sixers' standpoint, it's completely different because we actually we could have won that game, which is crazy when you think about how bad that first and second quarter was. So I, I, I'm a little concerned because I didn't like the fact that we were unprepared, which I, I can't believe with a veteran coach and Doc Rivers and, and this team completely unprepared in that first get, you know, first and second quarter to actually play. And the other thing I would say is I think they overlooked the Hawks, and I think we as a town overlooked the Hawks. I think as, as media members, a lot of people overlooked the Hawks because we talked about this. They have a ton of of perimeter shooters. And what do we do at, at the worst part of our defensive mindset is we defended the perimeter horribly in the first half of the year, and it reared its ugly head against a really good shooting team. So that was the worrisome part, but I still think they would in six. Yeah, again, because there's only one game, and that's all I kept on saying to myself, but right. it was an ugly game one. And, and, and the fact that they came back in the fourth quarter and, and battled back from a 16-point deficit, whatever. Like, I guess you could take you know some thoughts and, and some positive thoughts from that, but I, I don't think that's what they're saying in that locker room. I think they got the right approach. And, and ultimately, I just want to see Ben Simmons be the best damn Ben Simmons he can possibly be. And I don't care about the free throws. I don't. I don't care about the outside shooting. I don't. I care about what we're being sold all season long. And we know this. It's real. He's he's a damn good defender. Go guard Trey Young. Go guard Trey Young. No excuses. Let's make it as simple as possible. If Trey Young goes to the bathroom, Ben Simmons, you show up with the toilet roll, right? It's as simple as that. It's not even and, and you know what? I'll even make it easier for the for Doc Rivers. I'm sure you're agreeing with this one, Tone. Ben Simmons comes off the floor, put Matisse on him. There you go. Yep. I completely agree. I mean, this is you take your number one defensive player and put him up against the number one offensive player on the other side of the floor. Not that difficult, Sean. I think we all know that. I don't know, you know, what Doc's logic was. I honestly didn't listen. I did get a little frustrated that Doc was complaining more about the defensive positioning and the referee calls on Trey Young than actually worrying about the way his team played defensively. But I'm with you. It's one game, right? And, and let's let's take this back a little bit. You know, happy birthday, Bubba Chuck, yesterday in Allen Iverson, 2001. The people forget that we went to two seven-game series before we got to the finals, right? Mm. So nobody said it was going to be easy, no, right? Even though the pants is laid out for us, nobody said it was going to be easy. You're dealing with a 32-12 and 12 team after the All-Star break under Mr. Nate McMillan, who is an absolutely deadly coach when it comes to defensive positioning. So you had to know what to expect. So I just think they'll make the right adjustments. I think they'll be okay. The only other thing, Sean, I will say is, I, I'm concerned that we wasted an effort in Joel Embiid. And the reason why I say that is because I know you talked about this yesterday as well. You know, it's the injury factor. Your man went out for 38 minutes, gave you 39 points on one leg, and we don't know game to game if he's going to be okay to play. So even though he's game time, so you just wasted a game you should have won with that kind of effort. If you don't have that effort, it's not even close. 
So we need to make sure we don't waste these kind of efforts, especially with a guy who could be game to game depending on the situation. Yeah, no, you're right about that. And and it's one leg. And and I I have no idea what it's like to tear a meniscus. Thank the good Ooh. Lord above. Uh, but I Me also neither. I also don't know what it's like to play at size two eighty seven foot on a torn meniscus. So I think that's where you're going with it as well. It's like, hey, yep. you know, it's great that we have them right now, but can we count on this for the next seven games if needed? And then, oh, by the way, all that is is just to get to the Eastern Conference Finals, but we'll save that for another day because right now it's all about Atlanta, game two, tonight, six-point spread. I like the Sixers to win outright. That six-point really does make me think twice, but if you if you believe the Sixers are going to win tonight, you have to take the Sixers minus the six, correct? Yeah, you have to. I think tonight's a double-digit victory. I do. I think, you know, it's a blowout by no means. But here's, to to get back, the reason why I'm so strong about it is because even though they did get blown out for three quarters, the immaturity of the Hawks came into play. The late sloppy turnover Mm -hmm. from that team. It shows, right, this is a young team. They're not ready for superstar status. You have a veteran coach. You have some some veteran leadership on that team, right, a la Dwight Howard, that should be able to get these guys grow a little bit and say, you see what happened right there. So they let the door open. So that's why I think they come out tonight. I think, you know, I'm going to say 11, 12-point victory. I don't think there's, there's any question whatsoever. Go back to Atlanta. And, 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 you know, and I think they take two, two games in Atlanta. I think they come home 3-1. Maybe they lose one, but I still say 4-2. No, no issues at all, but... Double-digit victory tonight for the Sixers. All right. Uh, Tikatilla 23 is where you can find a jigsaw, as always, on socials, active, extremely active, and, of course, over at Wind Daily Sports on the weekends, doing a bang-up job for those guys with live streams. Uh, what is Wind Daily on socials? Wind Daily, is it that easy? At Wind Daily Sports. Wind Daily Sports, there it is. Really cool yep. stuff there. Um, all right, uh, over to the other game that we have this evening, Game 1 with the Jazz and the Clippers here. Um, putting the numbers to the side because it's a fairly close game as far as points spread is concerned. The Jazz home team are favored by three. The question I have is, how do you see this series playing out, number one? And do you think there's anything, like, I look at the Utah Jazz, they rolled. Once they got Donovan Mitchell back, of course, they got their ace back. He goes for 28 points per game. And they were able to make uh, mincemeat, basically, out of Memphis Grizzlies in four straight games. Had a little bit of a rest. Of course, the rust can come in. But on the flip side of that, the Clippers just had to play their asses off, win a Game 7 on Sunday, fly to Utah to play in this game, higher altitude, tough place to play. I like the Utah Jazz in Game 1 series. I could, could be convinced to go with the Clippers, but for Game 1 tonight, I like the Utah Jazz. Where are you at on the series and Game 1, Jigsaw? I'll tell you, man. Listen, this is the best record in the NBA in the Western Conference, right? So, I mean, you know, in the NBA regular season. So, what you just said is the, is the perfect eloquy, you know, that, that takes us to this matchup. It's it's the seven-game grueling series. They were down 2-0 mm-hmm. in Dallas. They had to fight and crawl their way back, right? Uh, but I will say this. I think you know this as well, watching that series. Kawhi, for anybody who saw a little bit less of Kawhi Leonard, I mean, all you need to do is watch the last three games. The dude is an absolute predator, man. Mm-hmm. He really is. I, I, unbelievable. The one thing I will say about this series is I want to see who the second ace is going to be on the Utah Jazz. 
So we know they get their ace back at Donovan Mitchell. But the reason why I say that is because I know I got two aces out there in Clipperland mm. with PG-13 and Mr. Mr. Kawhi Leonard. Who's going to be the guy to step up for Utah? Because what happens is with that team, you know, whether it be Rudy Gobert, whether it be Mike Connolly, you, know, you have a lot of moving parts on that team. So I think you know it's two greater than one. But at the end of the day, you're right. You know, going to Utah game one, I don't think there's a question that Utah wins game one. I think the rest of the series will be a little bit unpredictable. Yeah, and Conley got dinged up in that game five. I know he's a game-time decision. Should be good to go tonight. Uh, but still, something to keep your eyes on. No, it's a good point because you just don't know uh, who will rise up at this point in time. It's playoffs are a different monster. And as you said, uh, you got playoff P and you got Kawhi, who is just a freak. Uh, and his numbers will show you that. But they do have some guys that can fill it up with Ingles and Bogdanovich. And, they do. You know, they do. So. You, just don't, you don't know. Jordan Clark. Clarkson, too. Yep. You know, yep. right? Even guys like Royce O'Neal is a really good role player. You just don't know, are any of those guys capable of hanging with PG-13? I'm not sure. What PG-13 are we going to get, right? So I think that, that that all comes into play, and I think that's going to be the interesting part of the series. You going to give me a pick tonight? Who wins game one? Oh, I'm with you. Game one is Utah, no doubt. I, I think, you know, like I said, I mean, they – I don't. I won't say a rock star with Garen Dante because I love that term. But <laughs> I will say, I will say, based on the way you put it and the based on what we know of that grinding out series, I don't think there's any doubt that this is kind of like a breather period for the Los Angeles Clippers. And I think this game definitely goes to Utah. All right, from the NBA, let's get on over to Major League Baseball and touch on the Phillies here. They're playing tonight if they get this game in. Yeah, they haven't been playing. Well, they've been playing better as of late, including uh, two straight over the Nationals. And this is a pretty big series, you know, to get things really back on track versus the Atlanta Braves. And again, I mean, we're we're early into June here. Um, quick look at the standings just to catch everybody up as far as the NL East is concerned. Mets are leading the way uh, at 29 and 23. Braves are 28 and 29, three and a half back. Phillies are right behind them at 28 and 34 games back. So long way to go. And of course, the Mets continue to deal with a ton of injuries. Phillies got Bryce Harper back. He looks healthy. Didi's supposed to be back hopefully sometime this year. I mean, I'm done holding my breath on that one. Uh, but tonight they got Nola going on the mound, minus 165, uh, and Smiley on the mound for the Braves here. I kind of like the Phillies, and and especially because they've had success going against the Braves at Citizens Bank Park. I know it was the opening series, but still something to go off of here. A much better home record, 17-11 versus 11-19 on the road. Uh, but tonight, Nola, what's your read on him for this evening? Man, I'll tell you, he's just been too inconsistent for me. He really, and, and, and again, I, I like Aaron Nola. I do. I, I, you know, but the problem with him is we just never know what, what Nola is going to show up. And I think that's what we've talked about before. Zach Wheeler kind of inserting himself as the ace of this staff, specifically because when we need big games from Aaron Nola, it seems like it just doesn't happen. And tonight, in my opinion, is a big game. It's, a, it's against Atlanta. It's at home. You want to keep this, you know, this winning kind of fuel going, and you need your ace to step up. So, listen, you know, this division's a three-headed race. I think we all know that. We we talked about this in the beginning. Uh, I, I you know I know I specifically wasn't worried about the Marlins. I said, why should we get old? I mean, you're looking at both of those teams at seven, seven and a half games out. But you look at the Mets. You look at you know, the Phillies and the Braves. I mean, this is what it's going to come down to, and it's all going to come down to pitching. 
right? 100%. So this is this is the biggest thing. You mentioned Bryce Harper. Didi Gagori is coming back. I mean, that's a big deal. And it's just going to be about what happens in July. And I know I mentioned last time, you know, when we talked about the Phillies, that maybe they need to start thinking about making some offers out there for Reese Hoskins, for Aaron Nola, only because there is no homegrown talent. There is nobody. You know, you got a Cornelius Randolph who's only had a week in AAA. You got Bryson Stott who's still playing in Double A, and that's it. Nobody. That's all you got. So you know, there's no reinforcements coming. There's nothing happening when it talk when, when we talk about young you know, homegrown talent for the Phillies. So, but to get back to this game, I think Smiley can be hit. Listen, he's pushing a six point oh oh ERA, two and three, five point nine eight. I mean, come on. I'm not really scared of Drew Smiley, especially at Citizens Bank Park. So I think. We're going to see a decent Aaron Nola today. I think we're going to see a good offensive output from the Phillies, and I think they definitely take game one in this series. All right, staying with the standings and taking a peek at another division here, and this is something we touched on yesterday, and uh, taking a look at the Giants, Padres, and Dodgers, all three of them mm. with the best record in the National League, which is crazy, all in the same division. Wow. If the playoffs started today, Padres are one and Dodgers are two as far as wild cards are concerned. Sorry, everybody else, you better win your division. That's all there is to it. But the Giants, 36. Seven and twenty-two. Can they keep it up, Tony? I'm telling you, I'm shocked. Absolutely shocked. And again, I don't really think I'm more. I'm shocked because it's Gabe Kapler. I'm just shocked at the way they built that team, especially from the pitching state. They took a bunch of guys, okay, and they put them in one-year deals, which was was brilliant by their GM, and they're all performing. Guys like Alex Wood, who would have thought? Kevin Galsman, who would have thought? He's six and zero. Right now, or as of the other day, I didn't look what he did with a last start, but the guy's throwing fireballs out there. And if it wasn't for Jacob DeGrom, he's probably going to be a starter in the All-Star game. You know, he, like in the sense that he is the second-best pitcher in the National League right now. Who would have predicted that? A one-year, $18.5 million deal. I mean, brilliant. And then you got guys, which is the Gabe Kapler, Gabe Kapler effect. Buster Posey, veteran, playing well. Evan Longoria, veteran, playing well. Brandon Crawford. Veteran playing well. These guys are all playing well, and and I think that's what Gabe's always done, whether we liked it or not. He was a player's manager. He, he really was, and, and he stuck up for his guy, yep. even though we thought it was ridiculous at the time, right? But that fuels older players. That fuels veterans to want to play harder. So I, I'll tell you what: if you would have asked me a month ago, I'd say no. But right now. I think they can continue because their pitching has been that good. Yeah, their pitching is really good. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it seems like every one of these big series, I'll probably say the same thing. But I, I looked at this weekend series versus the Cubs, and I said, hmm, I'm going to pay attention to this one. I always pick out a weekend series or two to really focus in on. And what they did was take three or four. The only bad thing that came from that series versus the Chicago Cubs on Saturday night was Longoria, who just mentioned, uh, got hurt. And now I think he's out for the yeah. next month. So that's a big-time deal for them, uh, considering. You know, considering the production they were getting from him, but uh, still, uh, it's crazy to look at that division. I got to follow up and say the Dodgers and the Padres—they're not falling off, correct? No way, no way. And 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 the thing is, it's again pitching wins championships. And if you look at all these teams, the reason why they're in the driver's seat is because of pitching. You know, we, you already see. The, the great staff that's, uh, you know, acquired out there in San Diego. And we talked about the two former Cy Young Award winners in, in Hugh Darvis and Blake Snell being mm-hmm. acquired in the offseason, right? I mean, we've already talked about that. And, and they have 
the, the San Diego Padres have the best young talent in baseball right now, right? So you look at that. So they're playing really well. And they get, see, here's the thing. There's, there's secret players on that team. A guy uh, just comes back from injury named Will Myers, who nobody forgets about. You got a guy that seventh or eighth in your lineup that can hit 25 home runs. I mean, who else has that capability, right? So that's the, you know, that's the thing. And the Dodgers, can we say enough? Right now, the Dodgers are barely even playing, man. Mm-hmm. They're like the Brooklyn Nets of baseball, <laughs> right? They're just sitting back. Okay, Kershaw, I'll miss a couple stars. Walker Bueller missed a couple stars. Mookie Best missed a couple games. Max Muncy, this and that. But at the end of the day, they have one of the best teams in baseball still. So this is going to be very interesting to watch down the stretch. But I think all three of these teams are very strong. It's going to come down to the very end. All right, T. Cotillo 23 is where you can find Tony. A mandatory follow if you don't already. You hear him every day here on the Daily Ticket. He joins me long form on Tuesdays, representing folks over at Wind Daily Sports, Heat Ratio Sports. He does it all. Uh, and with that, let's switch over to the NFL, and we'll close up shop on this one. Rodgers? Not showing up is a big deal, man. That's a big deal. Look, we, we, you know, all that smoke and nonsense over the past couple months, past couple weeks. I thought there was something more to it. I think there was a lot of people that agreed with me as well. Uh, but there were a lot of naysayers, naysayers as well on that. Here we are. It's day one. He's officially a holdout. That is not good. What's your read on this? And then from there, as far as the fantasy implications, um, you know, you have to pass on those wide receivers, right? You can't be taking anybody on that offense, correct? Nah, listen, I, this is a huge deal. And you know what, Sean, you're right. I felt the same way. You felt the same way. A lot of people felt the same way. And I'm going to call a total violation of all the people that didn't feel that way because that means they haven't done their homework and understand the egotistical guy that Aaron Rodgers is. <laughs> if you for one minute believed, that he was going to let all this go and just come back and swing, you know, and, and, you know, smell, smell the roses and get the press conference and say, oh, yeah, you know, we talked. It's done. It's over. This relationship is done. He will not play for the Green Bay Packers. He's either going to play for a team like Denver or New England, or he's not going to play at all. Okay, and so I wouldn't touch any of those receivers right now, especially if you're doing drafts early. And that's a shame because Devontae Adams, in my opinion, is the best wide receiver in fantasy football and he's not gonna he's not gonna be able to lay claim to that title this year. Because if Aaron Rodgers is not there, you look at a guy like Aaron Jones who resigned there and a guy like Devontae Adams, they fall down the charts. And then you look at a guy like Julio Jones who gets straight to Tennessee. And then you look at a quarterback like Ryan Tannehill who should absolutely catapult over Aaron Rodgers when it comes to rankings. Aaron Rodgers last year twenty Seven and a half fantasy points per game, the fifth best average in fantasy. But there were four guys ahead of him and only three guys below. Ryan Tannehill was 24 and a half, only three points per game lower than Aaron Rodgers. And I think me and you can agree that Julio Jones is going to give him that plus three this year. Yeah, well, there was a lot of movement. I mean, there was a ton of movement. Tons. Yeah, because of Julio Jones joining the Tennessee Titans. Yep, AJ Brown. I mean, there, there, there's a lot, you know, that brings A.J. Brown's value up. People think it drops it. No, it brings it up because now who was the other guy commanding attention on the other side of the ball? They lost Jenny Smith. They have no more Corey Davis. Then you insert Mr. Julio Jones. So now you have A.J. Brown who's going to command single coverage because they're either going to be doubling or focusing on Julio Jones. That, that just boosts off his draft value as well. 
Jigsaw, I can talk fantasy with you all damn day, but guess what? We got ourselves a little bit of time here until we have to do that because I was saying earlier today, I was like, yeah, you know, once it comes around after 4th of July, that's when we really start firing up all things NFL and talking college football as well. Um, but uh, it's right around the corner, man. And the NFL, man, with, with that move for Julio Jones, got the juices going over the weekend. And, of course, the Eagles here back home in Philly, there's a lot to discuss, and I can't wait, man. Uh, but as always, you're killing it for us on the DFS side of things. Keep keep the vignettes coming, and I always enjoy our Tuesday conversations. Hopefully the Sixers get the job done. We'll touch base later this week, but good luck on all your plays as always, Jigsaw. KYW News Radio and Deborah Heart and Lung Center examine COVID's impact on the lungs and how Deborah's new post-COVID recovery program is helping patients. Here's Rasa K. Dr. Andrew Martin is the medical director of Deborah's new post-COVID recovery program for patients presenting with symptoms months after first being sick. He doesn't call them long haulers this early on. He says it'll be years before the data can give us a clear fix on COVID-19's long-term effects, not only because we need to study the patients who survived it, but also the virus itself. Coronaviruses in general like to change their spots. They've always been that way. These things you hear about variants and variation in the spikes, that's pretty much a characteristic of that family of viruses to begin with. So is a new variant going to come along with different specific potential complications? I think it's going to take a long time to figure that out. Learn more at DeborahHealthReport.com. New Jersey's only heart, lung, and vascular specialty hospital. Deborah Heart and Lung Center. When it's your heart, demand Deborah.